the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour now higher income strategy learn from Arab Halabi learn about financial power Total Financial Hour. Total Financial Hour. Here, Boy, do we have a treat for you on our second hour. Please stay tuned. Kevin Malone, former general manager of the Dodgers, founder of U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking, author of the book Scouting the Enemy. You guys might know of him as a uh, four. I believe it was four years with the Los Angeles Dodgers as general manager. Prior to that. Uh, his involvement in Major League Baseball was significant. But I will tell you the difference that he's making in the lives of people today has nothing to do with baseball, especially for a lot of you baseball fans. You might wonder, you know, what has Kevin been up to? Well, we're going to interview him second hour of the show. His book, Scouting the Enemy, is uh, taking pre-orders now. I want you to find out how fascinating it is and his involvement in helping young people and then maybe not so young people, but folks involved as victims in human trafficking and some of the things that he's doing. So stay tuned. That's the second hour of the show. Kevin Malone, general manager of the Dodger, former, uh, and a gentleman who is uh, really going against these bad guys. I pray for his safety, and you'll find out more about that at the second hour. All right, I want to continue with a couple of things here, guys. This is important. I'm going to give you the phone number because I want you to attend the Police State movie. We're showing it for free. February 4th at 10 a.m. Sunday, February 4, 10 a.m. Police state movie, but you got to call in and sign up. And the reason for that is, of course, we need to find out what size studio we need and how big the studio is going to be, et cetera. Those are big things that we have to take care of. So Scouting the Enemy is the book. Police state is the movie. Different movie, but I think you're going to see a connection uh, in some level, and that is the folks involved behind the scenes, right? I mean, look, go back to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, go back to the, uh, what is it, NXM, that funny name that they've been using in Hollywood for this weird sex cult that so many people got involved with. Uh, you know how quickly it got shoved under the rug, right? Disappeared real quick. Uh, child sex trafficking is nothing new. Uh, 
But this movie Police State, I think you're going to see kind of an intertwining, at least a shadow of an overlap. Dan, Dan Bongino and Dinesh D'Souza uh, put this movie together. We're going to be showing it February 4th. Sign up and we'll get you the details. It's 10 a.m. Sunday, February 4th. All right, continuing with this hour of the program, I think you guys have to realize a couple of things that make sense, and that is the federal government and the state government, especially here in California, are not your friend. What? You mean, I thought they want everybody to be wealthy and successful, everybody to have the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of success and wealth. Isn't that the case? Not really. New California laws are bringing changes to the housing world that's coming up i don't know if that's a big surprise to you but now evictions based on alleged criminal activity you can't evict somebody if the police have been called there 400 times they have to be convicted oh wait a second they're not even going to arrest him and mr gascon isn't even going to put them in jail he's not even going to try them that's why we need judge debris uh deborah archuleta i'm telling you guys deborah archuleta is the one to vote for when it comes to replacing Mr. Gascon, he's just a clown. He's hurting people. So here it is. You own a rental property. You can't evict him if the police have come many times unless the police actually put him in jail and, and you get a conviction. Oh, wait, you can't do that because sometimes the police don't even come because they've been told, listen, don't waste your time. It's a low priority. We're never going to do anything anyway. And there's a, a shortage of officers. So the poor Los Angeles police officers and others are kind of stuck in this circle of we want to make a difference, but we can't because nothing will ever happen. Second, landlords will have a harder time effective uh, April 1, 2024. Landlords will have a harder time evicting tenants under the no-fault just-cause policy. The current policy allows landlords to remove tenants if the landlord or landlord's family member wants to move in. The new law will require the family to move in within 90 days and you have to live there for 12 months. Wait, is it your property or the government's property? That's why I'm telling you you're insane if you buy rental property in California. You're just, you're just asking for it. There will almost be zero people on your side when it comes to, the, to fighting the, the administration and squatters and people you you can't even collect here's a new law you can't even collect more than one month's rent as a security deposit so the amount of damage that they do tough luck wait so what do you do well you evict them oh wait you can't evict them it takes months and then they bribe or blackmail you depending on which side of the the fence you are in hey listen if you uh if you kick me out i'm gonna say this or if you kick me out, fine. Just give me $15,000. We had one client had to pay $25,000. This person stayed there, destroyed the place, six months. And our, our client was saying, look, there's nothing we can do. We just had to pay them $25,000, six months of destruction, no rent, just to get them out. Do you realize... That isn't the way it is in a lot of other states. So if California wants to continue this, there's not going to be a lot of folks that choose to rent their home or their apartment building. In fact, right now I have two clients that have vacant rental properties because they just don't want to rent them to folks 
and take a chance on bad guys. They're like, listen, I don't need it. They're paid off. I have plenty of income. And I fear that is happening more and more, that people are just not putting their rental properties on the market. Interesting, though. Right? Some of you would say, well, if I want the money, I'll, I'll take a chance. I'm going to do a background investigation. Maybe. But what if I'm clean and then I turn around and I bring in somebody who isn't? Right? I pass your background check. I bring in my cousin. He gives me 1000 bucks. He changes his driver's license, gets some mail there. Boom. He's now an, a, a resident. And you can't kick him out because he's not on the lease. So you got to go back all over to the eviction process. And the great news in this story, which is uh, a, a, a bit sarcastic, is that the city of Los Angeles, the city attorney and the county, they actually provide legal defense for the squatter. You pay your own attorney and the city pays for this person. Isn't that nice? It's the same socialist group who believe that they have, they're entitled to your house. You work your tail off, you invest, your parents did and they bought it. You inherited it. However, it's yours. It's nobody else's. It's nobody's right to say, well, you have to or you should. We've talked about this before. Rent control in Santa Monica is horrible. Now, listen, if you're one of the folks living there, you think it's great. Fine. Listen, to every side of the equation, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. Every side. What I want to challenge you conservatives to do is to start being consistent. That's right. Including when it hurts you. Right? Remember, we're the honest ones in the story. You don't see Nancy Pelosi calling for uh, Hunter Biden to be indicted like Steve Bannon. Right? Because he, he failed to show up for a subpoena. You don't see Gavin Newsom taking responsibility for the problems in California or San Francisco. They blame somebody else. So you're a conservative. Your job is to be accountable, be responsible, and take responsibility for your own for your own service, right? So, so that's important. If you do that, all right, now you got a shot. Remember, the, the personal integrity part of your life goes much, much further than politics. It's who you are as a person, right? That's why I talk about giving and donating money back and forth to different places because I want it to be your values. I want it to be your ideas. Nobody else's. I don't want the government to tell you you should be giving to this cause by taxing you. Look at the gas prices here. Have have you seen them? Do you? Do you realize in other parts of the country it's two dollars and thirty cents, three dollars and ten cents a gallon? The taxes in California, you should be getting something. You might say, well, listen, hey, in Norway the taxes are really high. They are. They are. In the country of Norway, the taxes are as much as fifty or sixty percent or more. So, well, their education is paid for through the taxes. Right, their roads are amazing. Everybody is paid twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour minimum wage at least. Guaranteed education is paid for by the taxes. They're getting something for it. My least popular way to do it. You can never ever do that in the state 
of California and certainly not in the United States. You just can't. So what do they do? They take your money. They pay these administrative costs, these pensions. Look, I'm all right if you want to pay pensions to folks. I'm all right if you want to have the, the, the government have employers, employees. But then you let people rent their property also. If I took a chance and said I'm going to invest and buy real estate, then I want the benefits of that. If you take a chance and say I'm going to work for a government agency my whole life and, and get a pension after 32 years and health care paid for, then, then, that's, then you get the goodies that go with that. You get the drawbacks and the goodies. Same thing with a person who is an investor in rental properties or, or stocks, bonds, whatever. My point is you don't hurt one side and think you're only going to help the other side, the government worker. You can't do that. When there are more government workers that don't produce a product necessary, absolutely. Providing a service, 100%, but not a product. Right? Look at all of the people inside L.A. County and city-state. They're good people. They're parents and fathers and mothers, right? Grandparents. But if we're going to pay somebody $110,000 a year and a pension of $7,000 a month for not working, right? I mean, you understand that, right? When someone gets a pension, they're not working, $7,000, $8,000. We have to have a system that allows the other side of the train to pull, right? A product or service where goods and, and dollars are exchanged we have to let that side run free, at least a lot freer than it is today. So you have to allow the price of real estate to go with the market. Why? Because it always finds its level. There's always a buyer and a seller. Oh, air, if only rich people will live in Santa Monica and poor people will have to move. The government can always use your money to, to build houses if it wants to. It can pay somebody, it can buy their property, right? Eminent domain, they do that. Currently, the state of California has taken over hotels, in fact, really nice hotels. And the, and the county of Los Angeles has taken over hotels all over, from the north to the south, east and west. So if the government can still overstretch its bounds then and pay for massive benefits, pay raises, etc. Our educators just got an enormous pay raise. I'm glad. Good for them. They work eight and a half months a year and you're giving them double digit pay raises. Okay, fine. Then explain to me how we're going to pay that. The current pension system just came out this week. CalPERS and CalSTRS, they're about the same. 250, 300 billion with a B, billion dollars upside down. B, billion, hundreds. That means if you're an educator or you're a California state public employee pension or LA County pension person, city, Burbank, Glendale, Anaheim, it doesn't matter. So we're now paying massive pay raises. Oh, or if I can't pay my bills, inflation, I understand. But you chose the government worker job. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's bad. But I think with it comes you're not going to become wealthy. I mean, you just have to understand that. doesn't mean you're bad. 
doesn't mean you're ugly. Does not none of that. It just means you chose government worker. That means consistency. That means pension. That means guarantees. Those are all great things. But with that does not mean incredible wealth. Because wealth and guarantee and security, they're not the same. They're different. In fact, usually they're counter to each other, right? The greater the risk, the greater the reward. You've heard that. So now we have this massive government system in the state, city, county, teachers, firefighters, police officers, everybody. Again, great people. But one plus one is two. Hundreds of billions of dollars upside down. Where do you think you're going to get it from? We're already paying $6 a gallon for gas. Property taxes. Oh, you guys think those are protected. That's so cute. Oh, Eric, if I have Prop 13, I could never move. No, no, let's be clear. That's property tax. The property assessment. Oh. Hey, Eric, what's the difference between a property assessment and a property tax? Uh, nothing. I mean, maybe a few letters, but when it leaves my pocket and it goes to them, what do you think our seniors are going to do when all of a sudden the only thing left to tax in the state of California is real estate? Imagine if you're somebody who's getting a government pension and you have real estate in the state of California. So they're going to have to cut back on your pension. They have to. I don't I, listen. Not, maybe not if you're 70 or 75 or older. They probably won't. But if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're expecting a government pension of any sort, CalPERS or CalSTRS, at least to be specific, chances are pretty good you're not going to get it. Pretty good. Uh, not all of it. At least not the way you think. For example, oh, Eric, my pension is supposed to be five thousand a month. Okay. In four years, when you get it, maybe you'll be 5000 a month, but you'll never get a pay raise for five years. Or there won't be cost of living the way you think, or they won't give you medical insurance, or, or, or. That's the only way they can probably make that work. Do you follow me on that? They'll give it to you, but they're going to have to raise the taxes on the people that are currently putting into the system. You're going to have to go 50%. So that means if every two weeks they're pulling out $300 from your paycheck for your pension, government workers, teachers, etc., you're going to have to put in $450, not 300 So remember that pay raise you just got? It went in the left pocket and came out the right. You, you know that, right? So that's important because you're not... Or you shouldn't be seeing that as a real pay raise. You should see it as pension security. Now, here's the problem. This recent report in this news article, it came out. Nice. But what did it say? <laughs> well, pretty clearly ready for this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what I think is fascinating, and so that you're clear on this, is that, let's see if I can get you the exact name of the epic times some of you know the epic times right this is a fairly i don't know i guess it's a fairly important part of the story the fees charged in fiscal year 22 to 23 which is just now 
ready for this? The fees on the pension system were $31 billion. $31 billion. And they didn't even make as much as just putting it in the market and in the S&P 500 and closing their eyes and walking away. They lost money and paid $31 billion in fees, according to the Epic Times. The largest here, uh, just in case you want to find it, it's called the largest pension system faces uncertain future with multi-billion dollar deficit. Just so you're not sure. You know, hey, Arif, did you make that up? You've been preaching about this for 27 years. Yes, because when I started 27, 28 years ago, guess what? It was about $6 billion. Six billion upside down today, two hundred and forty-five, and that's a fairly conservative estimate. Just so you know, I think it's closer to three hundred and fifty billion. Here's why: because the numbers that they're using, the way they're doing the calculations, and I'm very involved in this kind of this world. Uh, they're using funny numbers. Just so, just so we know, they're playing some games with the shifting it around. Do you think they would do that to make themselves look good or look bad? To look good. So if to, if to make themselves look good, if they played with the numbers to make themselves look good, and the reporting is still coming in at $245 billion upside down, how bad must it be? Or is this the first time in the history of any pension government world where they told the truth? Nah, nice try. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, nice try. No. So part of the problem is this. Cost of living is going up, so they have to give higher pay raises. Workforce is living longer. When you guys retire, some of you are living longer than you even worked. So remember, here's what's happening. Somebody gets a job at 35 years old. Somebody else gets a job at 20 years old. When the 20-year-old retires and the 35-year-old is now starting to work, they have to pay two people to do one person's job. One receives a pension and one is still working. But if that person who receives the pension is still alive, now you have, by the time the second person retires, now you have two people receiving a pension and one person working. So three people are getting paid for only one person working in a place in which they never built a product and sold a product to begin with. All it ever was is a service. It's a, look, we need our potholes filled. We need police and fire. I get it. But you understand it is not a, they're not buying, building a widget for $1 and selling it for $2, building cars and building a profit into it, right? Right. It's a different system. Union pensions for, for the uh, automobile industry, right? The top three, anywhere between five and $7,000 per car goes to fund the health care for the pensions uh, of the workers. So the cars would be five or $7,000 less money if they didn't have to pay for that. So, well, they do have to pay for it. So it's just part of the, but understand there's a real cost. They built the car, they add $5,000, they sell it. 5,000 comes out, goes into the pension system for the auto workers union. All right. Somebody works in uh, Department of Children's Services. They work as a judge. They work as a police officer. They work filling potholes. They work what, whatever. There's, there's no extra. We can't add money to that product or that service. Oh, but Eric, if they work hard, never said they don't work hard. 
I was one. I've been around them. I can tell you they work their tail off, most of them. They're hardworking. What does that have to do with one plus one? So what if they work hard? Uh, nobody, nobody's saying they don't. Oh, they work, work long hours. So what? Everybody works long hours. Teachers, they take work home. Everybody takes work home. You, you can't pay somebody for 12 months of work when they work eight and a half months. I don't mean they're bad or ugly. I have family and friends that are educators. I love them. It is a math problem, you guys. You tell me how to solve it in a math way, I'm good with it. You, you have to go to the educators and say, we just got a pay raise. You need to put that into your pension. You want it to survive? Put it in the pension system. No, no, Eric. If you don't understand, milk costs more money. Gasoline costs more money. You're right. Then you have to go to the people that have real estate under Prop 13, and you have to charge them a property assessment. So our seniors on fixed income, you're going to have to tell them, hey, seniors on fixed income, you have to pay an extra $500 a year. I don't know the number. Just making that up. It's probably more than that, realistically. But let's call it 500 a year. Oh, you don't want to do that, huh? Because it's election and politics. and, Huh. Why do you think they're hiding it in everything else you do? I don't like being the bearer of bad news, guys, but math is math. Math and logic, that's all I use. Be back in just a minute. Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. Stay with me after the break as we continue. Top of the hour, I have Kevin Malone, former general manager of the Dodgers, and his new book, Scouting the Enemy, when we come back. back. Learn about financial power, the total financial Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being part of the show. Arif Hallaby here, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I promised one of you that you guys send in your emails. I appreciate that. I promised I would speak it slowly at least once so that you could write it down. And uh, sometimes we talk fast on the radio because it's all timed and we're kind of stuck <laughs> on this clock. I also want to give you the email. And I'll continue with your emails next week. This week, at the top of the hour, I have special guest Kevin Malone, former general manager of the Dodgers, discussing his new book, Scouting the Enemy. It's about child trafficking. I think you're going to find it fascinating and maybe even a little uh, disheartening. But here's what I think is the good part. Ready for this? It's going to tell you what you can do. I don't just like receiving bad news because otherwise it's just bad news. Wouldn't it be nice to receive bad news and have some action plan. What can we do? How can we help? How do we make a difference? Those things matter to me. So that's all a big part of it. So top of the hour, Kevin Malone, former GM of the Dodgers on scouting the enemy, his book coming up. All right. I want to continue. Uh, as our seniors are finding out that the cost of living that they're receiving on your pensions and social security really isn't keeping up. It's kind of a joke actually, because they use phony numbers. They make up this, uh, system we're going to use the cost of a bushel of corn and a bushel of wheat and three you know cows and six eggs and 
it used to be a legitimate form. Things like energy, which is the cost to heat your home. That happens no matter what. Air condition your home. It happens no matter what. You have to have that. Well, they've chosen to not use that. Well, we don't use energy. Uh, we don't use gas. We don't use... You're like, but wait a second. Healthcare, energy, those things cost... They do go up and I do spend money on it. Yeah, but we're not going to use that when we give you pay raises because the real inflation would be 12 to 16%. So the Federal Reserve knows this. Because they put out their notes, basically... Uh, a transcript of what they talk about inside of their meeting. There's also a time, and most of you have seen this, at least uh, if not been involved on a movie, where uh, let's go off the record and the typist or the, the court reporter type person stops. Then they say some things and they say, okay, back on the record, and then they start again. Well, those off-the-record comments, those never enter the the book of uh, of dictation the transcript that you and I would look at and, and certainly people smarter than us in the financial world. But let me share with you some of the things that they have discussed and that they know. I know this from an insider. They actually know this. They know that the cost of real inflation is 12 to 16% depending on which part of the country you're in. That's legitimate. It's a, from bacon and eggs all the way to energy to, to electricity on and on, right? It doesn't matter. So what do they do about it? The only way the Federal Reserve can slow down inflation, the only way, is to, to raise interest rates and inflation. They have to be the same. Oh, and interest rates are down for houses, et cetera, 7%, 8%. Okay, got it. But inflation is not 7 or 8%. They're going to try to tell you it is. So here's what they're going to do. They're going to pretend and if they pretend enough through the election and it can assist with Joe Biden being elected, because I don't think he was elected last time, say what you will, watch 2,000 mules, and it will show you. And it's their own. It's the Democrats' own cameras, their own data through Freedom of Information Acts. And they'll show you how the ballots were stuffed and how it wasn't a, a legitimate uh, election when it comes to the overall votes being real votes, right? How does President Trump win? Oh, and then surprise in the middle of the night when everybody's asleep, nobody's paying attention and people are walking away from the ballot boxes. They open boxes underneath tables and shove in ballots. A guy pulls up on his bike or scooter or car and loads a ballot box and then goes to the next one. How is it that I've had relatives where there's only been two people living in the house and there's five ballots. How is it that I have a client who owns an apartment building, 12 unit apartment building? There's 26 people that live in that 12 unit apartment building, 26. 119 ballots showed up. If it wasn't for him being there the day that they all showed up, who knows where they would have gone? 119 ballots. Nobody checks it. So here's my solution. Right? I always told you, problem, solution. Otherwise, it's just complaining. Problem, solution, or complaining. Not complaining, here's the solution. I want every ballot to have a thumbprint. Right print, left print, doesn't matter. DMV already has it. You understand that, right? When you, when you get a, a driver's license, you already have a thumbprint in the system. 
your ID, thumbprint in the system, green card, thumbprint in the system. So it's already there. Second, I want you to sign it. Super easy. Sign it. And show up with an ID. If you're going to vote in person, you show up with an ID. If you're going to vote by mail, then you sign it and you put your thumbprint. We run the thumbprints through the system. Oh, not enough. Sorry, it's been smudged because maybe they smudge it on purpose. Bad guys do that. Then you sit off to the side and you don't get counted. And if it's a close enough election, some of the cities and towns, right? People win by 10 votes. Congress, sometimes 100, 200 votes. It happens. We go through those thumbprints that are smudged. And we go to those people, interview each one. Who did you intend to vote for? Let me see your thumbprint. Got it. Next. You could put a request. It's called an RFP, a request for a proposal out. And you say of American companies where it's a flap, you open it up, put your thumb down and push up. They can create technology. Close that. It's a single use thumbprint. Off it goes. I show up in person. Same thing. Lift it up, thumbprint, show my ID. Next. Democrats don't want it. We don't need it, just like the border wall. We don't need it. We're going to use technology. We're going to have cameras and electric sensors. So what? So you can watch them walk across the border? Do you realize how how asinine it is? How ridiculous? Oh, we need more electronic surveillance. So what? So you can wave to them? Hello. Yep, we see you. There's another one. No, no, you want to deter, you want to catch. And you tell Mexico, listen, we're the United States of America. We take Mexican refugees. We don't take Guatemalan. Guatemalan's on the other side of Mexico. So Mexico takes Guatemalan refugees. And if you're from El Salvador and you go to Guatemala and it's not safe, you go to the next safe country. That's Mexico. Why do you think President Trump had everybody wait on the other side of the border? Because that's the legitimate international way to go. And there's one of you out there that likes to email me and say, oh, if that's not the case, listen, I'll take your emails. I want to, you to email. Let me give it to you again, by the way. I didn't give it to you earlier. Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif, at TFSWealth.com. So Arif at TFSWealth.com. Matters. Matters that I hear from you. But it doesn't change my mind if you're incorrect. Refugee status, the United States is not supposed to pick up people from Haiti. You, You understand that? We're not the next closest. You go to Dominican Republic, you go to the DR. You, you go to other countries next to Bahamas, you can go, or, or uh, I don't know, Puerto Rico is right next to you. you. You can, there's a lot of places you can go before coming to mainland United States. I understand Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Don't give me that. But you realize this whole train of people from China coming across the border, you understand that this is a deliberate attempt by the socialist wing, by the progressive wing of the Democrat Party, which today is all Democrats. You realize it doesn't matter if you think you're not a socialist and you're a Democrat. You are voting for them. So walks like a duck, talks like a duck. You can call yourself a Democrat and still vote for Republicans. Right? Some Republicans like Mitt Romney and Mr. Kinzinger, those guys are not, quote, conservative Republicans. They're more in line with the Democrat Party. All right, let them be those people. Miss Cheney hated President Trump because of what he said about her father. 
All right, listen, I, I, I get it. But Democrats, you have to stop voting for these people. You're the one that enables them. The socialist wing is only about 20%, but they're the loudest. And the moment you open your mouth, racist. Racist. You're like, oh, shoot, sorry, I didn't, I, I'm not a racist. So these things change the system. They change who you vote for. I want you to stand up. Stand up for the voting rights. It's simple. Lift a little tab up. Put your fingerprint down. It is now sealed. It cannot be altered. Runs through a database. We already know who you are. If you're a legitimate voter, your thumbprint is already in the system. Oh, my thumbprint, my, my right thumb was was uh, burned. So it's not the same as the one in the system. Great. You sign a little form. You check a little box. And you say you're doing your left thumbprint. It's been amputated. Fine. Left thumbprint. Check the box. Say this is my left thumbprint. Both of them, no problem. You go vote in person. Just like when I board a plane now, they don't even take my boarding pass. They just swipe my driver's license through TSA. Do you know that? So do you understand all I have to do when I walk up to a voting is not trust an 82-year-old man or woman who's never looked at a legitimate or fake driver's license. They don't know. They just know their license. Oh, we're going to trust an older person who works as a poll worker. No, no, no. We just have them swipe it through the same darn machine that TSA uses. Swipe. Got it. Yep, Joe, this is you, Joe. It's not a fake one. Next. Put your thumbprint. Oh, it's burned? Got it. No problem. Put your burned thumbprint. That'll now be your new thumbprint going forward. Because Machine X now verified you. Oh, Eric, they can phony up machines. They did it in the election. You're right. I got it. You want me to solve all the world's problems or just this one today? I got this one. Check that box. Send me an email, Arif at... TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions, TFSWealth.com. And how do you spell my name? I, I, a lot of you ask that. Arif, A-R-I-F, A-R-I-F, as in Frank. All right. Next, I want to continue with this. I think this is pretty important. We now know that retirees are turning returning to the workforce. Did you know this? In a recent study, 12% of retired Americans plan to return to the workforce in 2024, 12%. That means they retire, they return. That's important. About how, about two thirds of them, around 60% or so, 61% say that they're returning because the costs are uh, of goods, et cetera, are higher than their income. Now you've heard me talk about this. The secret, in my opinion, in my 27 and a half years from June until, uh, so 27 and a half, right? We just hit the half mark. 27 and a half years. Ready for this? My secret? It is about income. And it is about laddering your income in retirement. Do you understand that? Laddering income in retirement. Here's what I mean. You have your pension. You start receiving that. Maybe Social Security kicks in two or three years later. Maybe one of your retirement accounts we start four years later. We want income that can increase every year or two or four as goods and services, oh, flip a switch, start more money coming in. Flip a switch, start more money coming in. It's called a laddering or staggering. Different folks call it different things. You can use annuities where you're using a higher payout. You can use IRAs where we have payouts that have guarantees associated with them. You see, the key component to this whole story for you, it's really simple. 
It's about the ability for you to never, ever run out of money. I like that. I think that's very powerful, don't you? Never running out of money. I, I, I like that story. By using a laddering approach. Now, I will bet that the 12% or so that are returning to work, at least 60% of the 12, what would that be? What, six, uh, six times, uh, seven, 7.23%, something like that, of the people that are retired, that are returning to work, they're doing so for financial reasons, all right? I will bet you they didn't have a laddering system. Maybe they didn't have enough money, right? They've been taking care of their kids or grandkids. Many of you have chosen the proper priorities, by the way, because that's what I think. Taking care of your parents, your siblings, a disabled uh, family member. Those are honorable things. Much more valuable than being retired. Uh, listen, you're, you're going to say, yeah, but Eric, I just wish I could go on a vacation. All right, I agree with you. But don't worry. In the big scheme of things, from a morality, from an, uh, from asleep at night, I, I just think you're making the right decision. But we can still plan. Did you know that? Oh, Eric, the, I, I hear your advertisements. People say they have to have $500,000. If you have 500000 or more, give me. No, no, no. No, no, no. Our minimums are 20, 20,000. Why? Because that's the companies we work with. They have a 20,000 minimum. I'll take it. It, it, we lose money doing it because I have to pay staff to handle paperwork, etc. But it doesn't matter. Somebody did it for me when I was 18. When I was 18 years old, Steve Williams, I don't know if he's still alive. It's a long time ago. Probably be in his 80s right about now, maybe 70s. He was amazing. He sat there with me and he said, Arif, here's how it works. You put money in every two weeks, every month. So he did it for me. I was living in my parents' garage from the eighth grade till I was 23. I had amazing examples in my mom and dad, amazing in how to be a great family member, how to take care of each other, how to take care of our, our siblings and our family from overseas. All of those are great things, but not business success, right? I don't expect somebody to be perfect in everything. Not financial, oh, dad owned 74 rental properties and, and uh, had 6 million. No, no, no. Dad sold rental properties. Mom sold rental properties so he could bring people out of the, the Civil War in 1976. That's what you do. So that was the cards he was dealt. Oh, imagine that. He provided for an incredible life for dozens. Yeah, dozens, by the way. Multiple people. Okay, but that's at the sacrifice of financial. We didn't have that, you and me. Some of you don't have that. So let's, let's take the blessings we have and amplify those. So for you, I have a great work program at, at my job. Okay, good. Then you better start saving in it. A lot more than just the match. There's some things we can do. Oh, I have an old retirement account. Good. Call us. We'll help you with it. 888-99-RETIRE. Maybe I can help you. Get a second opinion, maybe. But if 12% of Americans are returning to work, the other part, could be purpose, could be purpose. That's why when we sit with you, I want you to have both sides of it, money and time. But if your time Monday through Friday for eight hours a day, seven, nine, 10 hours, when you add commute, etc., what are you doing? Now you're going to sit home and just get what lazy and 
gain weight and watch TV and eat chips. I'm all for that on a Saturday. I could do that. I spend my Sundays with you. So I don't, but I don't mind some a good, good guacamole and, and a nice, I'm with you. But a whole week of Saturdays, you better have something to do. If you can still get up and walk, and for some of you, even if you can't, there's somebody that needs help. Can you imagine, even if it's two days a week, part of retirement is about somebody sitting, checking their watch. Is Jeannie going to be here yet? We're waiting for her. And then you walk in, oh, Jeannie, we're so glad you're here. Part of you is going to be like, oh, the other part of you is, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they are glad I'm here. I do make a difference. Somebody does count on me. Right? Instead of your calendar being filled with doctor's appointments and pharmacy visits, hair appointments, what if in between those things, they are filled with somebody needing you to show up to do something? Fastest growing addiction addicts to the internet, to your cell phone, believe it or not, are seniors. Some of these silly games, some of these other TikTok, Facebook, whatever it might be. The addiction rate for seniors is off the charts. Set yourself some boundaries, just like you would if it was a teenager. Right? So many people don't realize that purpose makes all the difference. Okay, yeah, I get it. Seven or eight percent of, a, of a current retirees are going to end up having to go back to work for money. That's it. I got it. We can help that. TFS Financial Insurance Services, that's what we do. And there's other great companies. We're not the only one. My goodness, we couldn't handle everybody if, if we wanted to. There's a lot of great companies who focus on no fee, graduating your income, building it over the time frame, right? That's important. What I don't want you to do is to get stuck in this circle of only putting your money in the market and going, I'm rich, I'm poor. I made it, I lost it. I want to give you a good example. Last week, lady we met with from 1993, she had an account. 1993. It's actually a long time, 1993. I don't know about you. Didn't even have kids yet. I was married for two years, but no children yet. 1993, she opened an account for 50 thousand dollars okay good job fifty thousand not bad a lot of money back then for sure today what is it worth today it is worth three hundred thousand dollars oh that's great money two hundred and fifty thousand so what happened in that let's say 30 what 31 years or 30 years let's call it 30 years well her fees which are quite interesting were 6,000 and change. We'll call it 6,000, like 65, 6,800, but let's call it $6,000 a year. So over the last 30 years, she's paid $180,000 in fees. She's made 250,000 and she's paid 180,000. Her husband gets on the phone with me and talks and says, hey, Arif, that's not a bad deal. Look, we made 250,000. I said, well, what did it cost you to get there? So we looked, we just did the math. That's it. Did the math, called the company. Ready for this? The company actually, not the agent, not the broker, 
not the investment advisor, somebody who's designed to keep you in something, right? They don't, they don't all, quote, have your best interest at heart, regardless of whatever fiduciary rules or laws come out of Sacramento or D.C. So we did the math. We said, all right, here's the, here's the number. 30 years, you've paid 180000 probably a little more. And you made 250. So who worked for this money? Well, he said, me and my wife. I said, that's right. Uh, not only who worked for this money, but let, let's review this for a second. Who lost sleep when it went up and down, up and down? Who looked at it every day? Who was worried about it? And on and on. Who was concerned? Who, who wasn't sure, et cetera? It, it was him and his wife. Do you really think the broker ever cared? I, I don't mean they're bad people. They're good people. But when it's down 15% and they still charge a fee, do you think they, they're, they care about it? Because every week or so, they go through training. And when the market is down, they are trained. Here's what you say when the client says, but I paid a fee. And they go, let's see. Page seven, page seven. I'm scared. I'm sorry, ma'am, but everybody loses money sometimes. Oh, wait, that didn't work. Let me try a different one. Uh, I, I know we lost your money, but you are in it for the long haul. Right? <laughs> right? You, you hear this and you go, huh. Well, I guess broker read page seven properly, came up with the right answer. So I guess I'm just going to leave it. So people do. If you have an old account, you're not sure how, many, how much in fees you've paid, Look, the same thing happened this week. I tell you always, it's about once a week. I see around 20 to 25 people a week. It's about one time, sometimes twice per week, sometimes nothing for a couple of weeks where somebody comes in and I tell you, you have a pretty good account. I wouldn't change anything. I like it. You're balanced. You're good. No fees. I, I, I'm happy with it. Look, with the fees, you got a choice. Understand. Oh, Eric, no fees. How do you guys get paid? There is always a catch. If there's no loss, then there's got to be a cap on the upside. If there's no loss on the downside, there's a cap on the upside. Let's say 10 or 12%. I don't know, depending on which account you choose. That means you're going to earn between 0 and 12%. Sometimes 3, 2, 4, 9, 6, 10, 12, but you'll never lose. The market's negative. You get a 0. Do I lose what I made last year? Nope. See the difference? That's important. You and your family need peace of mind. You need comfort. And that makes all the difference in the world. If I'm here to help anybody, it's you. 888-997-3847. Stay with me after the break. Kevin Malone, former general manager of the Dodgers. Now a man I think that you will uh, you will love greatly at the end of this conversation. Wait till you hear. Be right back after the break. The Total Financial Hour. Kevin Malone and his book, Scouting the Enemy, when we come right back. Makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. 
strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Welcome back for those of you that are back with me. Appreciate it. My name is Arif Halabi. Continuing. Big thing, folks, is uh, this This is a big deal here when we're talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Uh, look, we talk about purpose. You heard me at the last uh, segment of the last hour talking about purpose. What if your purpose was to stop human trafficking? First of all, let's find out what it's all about. Wouldn't that be interesting if you were to get involved? I mean, listen, there's a lot of things you can do. But getting involved in human trafficking, uh, the, the, the abolition of human trafficking, was a purpose that somebody else, a friend of mine, decided to do when he retired from Major League Baseball. Let's bring on Kevin Malone. Kevin, are you there? Eric, how are you? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hey, Kevin. Yeah, speak up just a little bit. Hey, uh, I am so glad to speak with you, my friend. It's been a while, Eric. Uh, I look forward to uh, catching up with you. Thanks for having me on your show. I know you're doing great things to help people financially, and uh, I'm trying to do some great things to help protect kids from being sold as sex slaves. So it's uh, quite a calling, and uh, I'm thankful that the Lord has called me to do this, but it's challenging, and uh, it takes a fight, and uh, that's what I'm up to. Well, folks, let me tell you, Kevin Malone, if you're not familiar with him 100%, or maybe the name sounds familiar, he was named the best general manager in the game in 1995, retired from professional baseball in 2001 after a 17-year career with teams that even earned a world championship. You guys have heard me talk about uh, making a difference in the purpose of your life, especially in retirement, right? My job is to handle your income, make sure you get retirement income, make sure your assets are protected, but your job is to go out and make a difference. Kevin, a human trafficking abolitionist, I want to ask you what that is here in just a second. I want to continue, though. He's using his relationships, his experience, to fight for the eradication of child sex slavery. Now, most of you guys, uh, listen, you, you hear that and you go, oh, that's happening in, in Africa or the Philippines or, or in India. That's not here in the United States. Kevin, is that accurate? That's very accurate. I think that's part of the challenge, Eric, is that most Americans feel that it's an, a foreign problem, but... It is a foreign problem, but it's a bigger problem here in the United States. You know, there's research that shows that American men are the number one consumers wow. of paying to have sex with children in the world. So we have a huge problem right here in America. I know there's a lot of issues and problems for Americans, but to me, when we can't protect our kids from this sort of evil, uh, we have bigger problems than we're uh, than we're talking about. And this is something, Eric, too that the media doesn't really talk much about. It comes up when you're talking about the border being unprotected and, and all the issues with uh, the kids coming in across the border. But we also have had a, a major problem with American boys and girls being sold for sex uh, here in this country for many years. And it's hopefully coming to light now. And I did write a book about my life, but it's really about uh, the fight that I'm in uh, and against uh, human trafficking, against child sex trafficking. So just trying to follow God and do what he's called me to do, Eric, as you are as well. And uh, it's quite an uphill battle. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Uh, Kevin is the founder of Kids Not For Sale, and he's also the founder of U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Kevin, what is sex trafficking? Let's start with that. Well, 
sex trafficking is when you're forced or coerced into doing something sexually for money and not for you. The money doesn't go to you. It goes to someone else. So it's through a pimp, a trafficker, a slaveholder. Uh, it's, it's men or women that force others to commit these acts, these sex acts, uh, for money. And then the money goes to, uh, uh, the slaveholder is what I like to call them, a trafficker, a pimp. And, and uh, we have a real problem, Eric, with Amer- American boys and girls as well as international boys and girls being sold in this country in every city and in, in every community around, around this country. And, uh, we, uh, I've been working for years to hopefully educate uh, lawmakers, uh, to change laws and, and then to, to get things done through, through state by state, but also at the federal level. And, uh, uh, people are starting to wake up, Eric, but it's a little slow and the problem's continuing to get worse. Well, we talk about this as a big problem for the United States, uh, but a lot of people are saying, listen, uh, look, I live in a, uh, in a neighborhood. Anaheim Hills. I live in Santa Clarita. I live in uh, the the West Side, and on and on. Yep. South of the Boulevard. It doesn't happen in my neighborhood. Well, it actually does, and I could uh, prove to you based on certain websites where people are are, are going. Uh, men primarily are going to buy sex from from other people, and oftentimes from children. Los Angeles, uh, and that includes the suburbs and some of the upper middle class or wealthy suburbs around around Los Angeles have a real problem uh, with men that from those communities that are paying, uh, you know, to have sex with children. So uh, it is a problem in all neighborhoods, and it's easy to, to, to find. And you can go on various websites, and you can order up a child, and you could have a child delivered to a certain location in your community. You could go somewhere and find that child. So... Uh, it's, it's Wait, really let me back up, Kevin. That, that, online era, uh, where that, that, you know through social media and through other kind of websites, but it's a problem in every community, uh, no matter what the economic status is. It just turned my stomach when you said you can go online and order a child to have them delivered. That that is, uh, you know, most of you know. If you don't, I spent almost eleven years as a Los Angeles police officer. Uh, before I, a big car accident, I had to retire and, and got into the financial world about 30 years ago. I, I share that with you guys because there's always a sense that I have of justice. And so when I hear something like this and the victims being children, uh, boy, I just want to stand up and and do something about it. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I want to know what we can do to, to make a difference. But let's bring back the impact. Parents themselves, why, why isn't this a big concern for americans and and for parents what are we doing why aren't we getting involved is this just something well that's we don't a, want to see that's a really great question and i'm not sure i have the, the the right answer i have some answers and i think part of it is that parents are too busy uh involved in too many things everyone's become somewhat narcissistic or selfish and it's all about what can i do and what's best for me and and even even sometimes parents uh, fall into that that trap era for they're more concerned about a lot of other things than protecting their kids. And sometimes it's, you might be protecting your kids, but do you know the friends of your kids? Do you know what they're doing online? What social media, what are they doing on Instagram or TikTok? There's recruiters, there's predators, there's pedophiles that are seeking our kids through these various types of, of technology, through gaming devices. I had the only trafficking boy safe home in America located in Florida. 
and most of the boys were recruited on on these gaming devices, on like Fortnite and stuff, where these predators go, create relationships, and recruit boys and girls uh, into meetings, and then groom them into this sort of evil uh, that's that's occurring. So, uh, parents just need to be aware that our kids are under attack in various ways. We 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 can see that in the media. We don't always hear about it. Uh, hear about this uh, through pedophiles and, and predators, but. We need to know who our who our kids' friends are. We need to know what they're doing, what what you know devices they're on, what technology they're using, because they are under attack, and, and it needs to be a priority. One of the things that we saw in some of the higher uh, upper end uh, housing market, right, where schools were a little bit. Uh, you you would say they're not South Central schools, right? And it seems that it's the upper middle class and often white schools where these young ladies get drugged they go to a party there's a videotape and now they've been upper middle class even a church going young lady cheerleader whatever it might be and she's forced to come to these homes to perform sex acts with multiple boys or we're going to show this video to your parents and it becomes a circle i know that years ago you you were involved in in helping to break up some of that tell us a little bit about how easy that can be to wrap up these kids. Well, that's the problem we have with these, with the phones uh, now, with the cameras and and all the the sex taping that's going on, and and you, you just don't know who you can trust, and really you can't trust hardly anybody anymore, Eric. Unfortunately, I have to say that. But you know, it might be a, a junior, sophomore, junior girl in in high school, and she's got a boyfriend that's maybe uh, a senior, or it's a kid, a boy that just graduated. Hey, I love you. I'm going to send you pictures. You send me pictures. The next thing you know, uh, this boy, uh, quote unquote, is working for someone uh, that is recruiting uh, these types of pictures from different types of girls. And it, again, it doesn't discriminate. It, it's I've dealt with parents from uh, with with upper middle class parents, wealthy parents in Houston, Texas, that were in the oil business. Their daughter got groomed and loomed into it at a party. Next wow. thing you know, she was being sold for weeks on the streets of, uh, in, in clubs in, in Houston. So it happens all over the country, and it's uh, it, you just got to be careful. I mean, I think kids, uh, you know, they want to be, you know, they want to be liked, they want to have friends, but sometimes you got to be careful. You can't share those kind of personal things with others because they're oftentimes going to use them to try to to get you to do other things, and it's all about making money. So it's uh, it's a real problem, and it's. We have a problem with you know kids committing suicides. There, that's an all-time increase because a lot of it is due to the pressures they're feeling through the sex that they're that they're requested to have or or sending pictures of themselves. Uh, We've got a real problem. This is a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah, and we need to do everything we can to protect our kids. Law enforcement, they do a lot, but it's not about it's not a problem law enforcement can solve. It really comes down to families and communities. You know, we used to, Eric, if you remember, you know, other people's parents looked out for me and you, yeah, and it wasn't just right. our own parents, but now parents don't really look out for, for other kids. They're, 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 they have trouble looking out for their own kids, and we've just, uh, we've just taken our eye off the ball, and we have a lot of issues with uh, kids needing protection that they're not getting. And I hate to scare people, but it's the reality. It's the scared, you know, straight, like they the old show that they used to have about scaring kids from going into prison and yeah. committing crimes. We need to scare parents because these things are happening and it's growing. It's not getting any better. And if a pedophile wants a 
13-year-old boy with red hair or a 15-year-old girl or an 8-year-old girl, they're going to go find them. So wow. you've got to protect your kids. Yeah, it's it's scary, Eric, if it really oh is. Oh, my gosh. It just, it just drives uh, – listen, if – we talk about this as, you know, somewhere out there, but folks, it, it is in your neighborhood, your streets. Certainly, if you probably, I don't know, four streets in either direction from your home, it's occurring. Uh, yes. But Kevin, yes. In, in, and the schools need to, this, pardon me, schools need to do a better job. We, we, you know, I live in Las Vegas and, and my daughter lives here in Los Angeles. And I've tried to get school superintendents to put trainings and, 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 and let kids know what to look for and, and uh, what to look for for their friends to protect their friends. And I have a lot of trouble with principals and school superintendents wanting to have this type of curriculum or training to protect our kids. They're, you know, they're learning about sex from their friends in, in, in the wrong places. I would hope we'd be more proactive and, and teach our kids about the uh, how to identify what traffickers look like and how to protect yourselves and your friends and what to do if you notice it, because the schools need that, to do that a would be, much better job. Well, the the program that you started or that you worked with anyway in, in 2019, President Donald Trump appointed you in October of 2019 to the Nonpartisan Public-Private Partnership Advisory Council to End Human Trafficking in the United States. That's a fairly proactive stand. Was this the first time this has ever happened? We never had anything like this in the United States prior to October 2019? No, we had this, no sir, we, we, we did not. Or if we had the State Department, which is looking out, it's kind of like, you know, looking out for people in other countries and trying to help them, but we failed to, to pr- protect our own backyard. Uh, so the State Department, which is involved in tra- human trafficking internationally and in countries all over the world, but there was no specific office or person looking out for our own boys and girls. So what we did through President Trump and Ivanka created, uh, we put a committee together and we, we, we analyzed the federal government. We came up with some uh, ideas, some suggestions on what we could do in America to protect our kids. Some things uh, were acted on and then, you know, the, the, this current administration has really dropped the ball. There, there, there's, there's really nothing being done and it's getting worse. So, uh, I have to say, you know, if you like President Trump or not, he did more to fight human trafficking, to help survivors, to help victims of of any president, all of them together. He did more along with Ivanka to help victims of human trafficking and try to protect, you know, boys and girls and people from being trafficked. So sure. we need to really focus again on that, era. Well, one of the things, Kevin, I see over and over again is uh – the Jeffrey Epstein and some of the sex trafficking and sex slavery and cults, et cetera, that happen in, in Hollywood and, and in the political realm. So every once in a while, the topic is brought up and it rears its head. And then it seems to go away rather quickly as if nobody wants to talk about it. It's that uncle that is a little bit weird at Christmas who we just kind of right. forget that he exists and, and, and push him in the corner kind of thing. Are we seeing well, we any... Have- we have Positive predators impact. and pedophiles that look in all different ways. I think you're you're getting to that point is that you can have coaches, you can have teachers, you can have uh, police, you can have clergymen, priests. I mean, pre- the Catholic Church has had a, a, long, a long history of problems with priests, you know, uh, you know, abusing kids sexually. Uh, so we have we have a, a large problem. So I think uh, the point is is that you can't truly trust anyone with your kids anymore. That's right. 
Listen, uh, the Boy Scouts went through a big part of this when we were part of it yeah. years ago, and they created uh, something that is still being used by multiple organizations as a, uh, at least as an example of how it's called the two-person, uh, two-adult uh, supervision, meaning no child can be with a single adult at any one time, no two children. It has to be two adults at all times. Uh, those kinds of rules can help keep the pedophiles because it's almost what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? These organizations exist and then right. are pedophiles drawn to them to become priests, to become Boy Scout leaders, to become clergy or, or baseball or, or gymnastics, right? The the freaky coach up in, yeah. I think yeah. it was in uh, Michigan, right? For the Olympic young ladies. Right. Uh, Nasser, Dr. Nasser, right? Yeah, these, and then the coach at Penn State. That's right, Sandusky State, and that and they're, group. They're all over the place. And uh, we just can't be sure who who is not, uh, has that dark element, that evil in them. And, and that's why I'm just trying to, you know, I wrote, that, wrote the book Malone, Scouting the Enemy, to basically try to educate people on what it looks like, what's going on, and what's been done, and who's involved. And as you were talking about, you know, a lot of the Hollywood people, a lot of people with resources, you know, the the the, the Epstein types and friends with him, the, you know, they're keeping it uh, undercover. They're, they're, there's a lot of people with a lot of money involved in this. Either they're abusing kids or they're making money off of it or they're, they know people that are. So there is a large problem with it's almost organized to a degree of, of, of this type of behavior being protected. These pedophiles and predators being protected from uh, from really justice and that's what i'm trying to seek is fighting for justice for people that are that are being you know sewed into slavery folks kevin malone's book scouting the enemy it's available on pre-order now i want you to uh, go out read the book find out what you can do in your community it doesn't matter if you're retired listen my job is your income retirement assets you wake up in the morning you're going to make the same amount of money no matter how hard you work Right? That's what retirement's about. But what about the purpose of your time? What if getting involved on a local level, going after these guys, doing things, I want to get to that here after the break here in just a few minutes, on what we can do to make a difference. But Kevin, you have an organization called USIHT.org. USIH, okay, what is, what is that? Yeah, it's USIAHT. It's the first, uh, first letter of each of... United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. And we yes. do trainings, and we have a tremendous online uh, portal for different types of trainings and how to get educated, how to get involved, what you can do. So that website's very good, as well as protect, you know, we, we, we to try to protect our kids. Then we, we uh, started kidsnotforsale.org, and there's also many ways people can get involved and fight the fight to protect uh, people and, and kids. So there's a lot of resources out there. Eric, what I find people, there's just not much empathy or sympathy. I mean, people are so focused on themselves, and, and, and but there are ways to get involved, and I would suggest that both those websites would really help your listeners if they're interested to get involved in fighting human trafficking. Now, you mentioned Las Vegas. Las Vegas, uh, at least historically, has been... Uh, uh, wrongfully because it's not quite legal for prostitution because it's outside in, in uh, some other counties where there's the, the bunny ranch or the chicken ranch or whatever ranches they, whatever yep. it is today. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know, but that that's not what you're talking about. You're not talking about 
women who choose to enter the the path of prostitution. Uh, you're talking no, that, about that's kids, a good, and you're really talking good question, about forests. I think there's some confusion with that because. But I can tell you this: that even the women that are working at those kind of houses of prostitution in in the, the certain counties in Nevada that where it is prostitution is legal, I'd say what research shows is up to ninety two percent of all women that are involved in the life of prostitution don't want to be. They're either wow. forced into it. They it, it they are being some somewhat traffic they do have a pimp there are some that do it you know it's it's any around 10 percent because you know that's what they choose to do but but most of the women that are involved in these houses of prostitution would like to get out they they don't really know how to get out they don't have the job skills to do anything else or the education so but we have also found that even in those places i know ladies that were trafficked were basically sold for sex in those houses, but they had a pimp or they had a trafficker. So huh. just because it's so-called legal in that particular county, a house of prostitution, doesn't mean that they're not being forced into this. So, uh, again, most of the women that are doing this are being forced to do it by either a pimp or a trafficker or a slaveholder. One of the things that you guys can do is get involved at U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Put that in your search engine You'll come up to U-S-I-A-H-T dot org. Kevin, one of the things I've noticed with this particular organization is Francis Chan, a world-renowned author, best-selling author, and, mm-hmm. and a pastor, and an incredible speaker, uh, and a, a man of God, like, uh, I don't want to say like no other, but like very few others. I love Francis Chan. He's involved. Tell me about him. Yeah, well, Francis and I went to Thailand together many years ago in uh and it, it it broke our hearts what we uh, saw when we were in Thailand and Chiang Mai and then, you know, in, in Maesot down on the border. And, and we really, God really kind of called both of us to do what we could do. So Francis has done a lot for my, both of my organizations. In fact, we made a series for believers, people that are uh, followers of Christ or churchgoers, any kind of person that has a, any kind of faith uh, on what people of faith can do to fight this. It's called the Advocate Series. It's five episodes, and really Francis does a great job as a narrator of all five episodes on teaching people, either pastors or rabbis, people in churches, how to get in this fight, what it looks like, why it's important, why it's important to God, and he uses the Bible to basically support all the reasons why we should be fighting this. So Francis, again, it's called the Advocate Series, and it's free online. And then Francis and I, uh, Arif, next week uh, on the 28th are going to be on TBN, and we're going to be talking about the Advocate Series and then about my book. Uh, Francis is involved in the book, and he's helped me in so many different ways, and we're kind of you know, partners in crime, so to speak, and we, we're just trying to do what we can to fight human trafficking, child sex trafficking. Francis has, has created some other videos for me, and He's just been a real blessing, and as you say, he's a special man of God. I'm thankful for his support and help along the way. Yeah, he makes a big difference in uh, the world of uh, at least understanding. But All three of my children went to the Master's University and under John MacArthur, and, and under that particular leadership, he uh, spoke there many times. In fact, I think he even taught for my oldest, taught a class there, and uh, was very instrumental in, in helping my kids uh, through their education well, process. You know, very his helpful. book, Crazy Love, was uh, 
um, yeah. an amazing book, and then he wrote the book about the Holy Spirit, and he's just, uh, and he's genuine. What I can say is I know a lot of mega pastors and a lot of pastors around the country is, uh, because of my baseball background and then some, a lot of the other stuff I've done, but he's one of those guys that's real. He's genuine. He knows he's not perfect, and you know he can have fun, and he can joke around, but he loves the Lord. He loves to to encourage people and bless people and see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So he's a, he's a special man, and I'm uh, blessed to to you know partner with him on different things to try to further the kingdom and point people to Jesus. Well, folks, we're great. It's great news to have Mr. Kevin Malone uh, with us. Stay with us after the break. We're going to continue in just a minute. Eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. I'm Eric Hallaby. Total Financial Hours. Kevin Malone. We'll be right back. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Arab Halabi. The total financial hour. This is uh, our special guest, Kevin Malone. Author of book of the book Scouting the Enemy. It's against child trafficking, sex trafficking, things that are happening in your own backyard. I don't care where you're listening to this; it's happening. Go four or five streets in either direction, and it's probably taken place uh, within the last thirty days, according to statistics here. Uh, this is important. Welcome back, Kevin Malone, former general manager of the Dodgers. So, if you're a sports fan, it sounds familiar. That was him during the '90s. Led a, a championship teams. Pretty exciting. Changed his life, retired from baseball after 17 years, decided to pick up a cause bigger than himself. Some would say bigger than just about anybody else except God, right? Christ is, is larger than all of these problems. It's just for us to see if, we, uh, if we're willing to, to listen and, and to do his will. Kevin, you're, uh, you're in the middle of this mess. What are some of the signs to look for when I'm looking at sex trafficking how do i know if it's taking place in my home in my neighborhood uh when i'm at the grocery store what are the signs well that's that's a good question these a lot of these pedophiles these these predators these traffickers and pimps are are somewhat sophisticated when it comes to hiding things so uh i think the first thing Eric, is just being aware that this is going on i think once you're aware that trafficking is possibly occurring in your neighborhood in the places you've mentioned especially at malls around you know when you're shopping when you see what looks like it's out of line if there's an older man with a younger child that doesn't look to be his you know someone directly connected to him part of his family uh but i think the key is not only uh, because a lot of times the uh, the traffickers will will keep a distance, but seeing the girls or boys that that seem to have low self esteem, that seem to be uh, not making eye contact, they maybe have certain sort of tattoos. Sometimes they're dressed a certain way, provocatively. Uh, oftentimes they they don't really communicate very well. It's just they're they're. In, in situations where you can just sense that there's something off. I think it, it comes down to people just being aware uh, that a kid could be potentially, you know, in a bad situation, in, in trouble, so to speak. So 
Uh, there's things like that to look for. You know, just being in odd places with someone that just doesn't look like they're connected to that, that particular person. And it's, uh, you know, once you're aware of it, I think that's the biggest key is most times I think it's right out in the open. It's like, a, you know, people need their eyes opened and they're blind to it. But once you're aware of it, you will notice things mm-hmm. and that will, will make you aware that this possibly could be a trafficking situation. You know, I was on an airplane once that uh, was pulling away from the gate. Uh, we had to pull back into the gate. And as a retired policeman, of course, I'm always a bit of aware on an airplane anyway. Uh, it's a big deal to a lot of uh, law enforcement guys, retired or not. Mm-hmm. And so you're paying attention, not sure what's going on. We pull back to the gate, and they, uh, the police came on board and took a man and a child off. Uh, mm. And and it was a sex trafficking thing. Literally, we were closed up, ready to to taxi. We were already taxiing. In fact, we didn't get on the runway yet, but we had to turn around and come back. So somebody saw something, said something. It's that kind of a story, folks. You're going to see it all over the place. You'll see it at, at where people congregate. One of the things, Kevin, that that I think makes a big difference in the lives of most of us is being able to get involved where our skill set lies. You know, my wife has different skills than I do. She's uh, an amazing behind-the-scenes person at church. She works in the church kitchen, does things like, that's not my skill set. I have a different. So some of you have skill sets out there where you can get involved and make a difference, but you don't necessarily have to be on the front lines. What are some of the things, Kevin, that that folks, parents, others, seniors can do? Well, that's a great question. I think one of the major things is just being passionate about protecting kids i mean just having a heart for kids when if you have that passion you're going to take action there's a lot of people that just don't take action they don't really care so if you have the passion if you're interested uh, there's a couple of easy things you can make sure that the schools that are in your community and your neighborhoods have some sort of training or they're aware of it meet with the principal meet with the counselors and say hey, what are you doing to educate and, and teach our kids what to look for and how to protect themselves. And what are they What are they to do, the kids to do, if they, they recognize it? So one is you can – basically you need to be a loud voice. You need to be a squeaky wheel. If you yep. really want to make a difference is be a squeaky wheel. You can call your local uh, politicians, your your city council, your, your U.S. And, and state congress uh, folks. You can – you just got to be squeaky. You just got to be irritating to the people because they just don't want to hear about it oftentimes. So if you can do things like that, if even like in sports leagues, make sure that, uh, you know, I know out there where you live out in Santa Clarita, there's a major sports league out there with thousands of kids playing sports. Do they have training to vet these coaches? Do they make sure that they're, you know, going through identifications to make sure they're not, haven't been locked up for being a pedophile or abusing a child. Sure. I mean, just whatever, all these little things, you don't have to be a major, do anything major. Uh, Arif, if you can just, these things of making people aware, schools, sports leagues, uh, like you said, the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, churches, church groups, youth groups. I mean, it's just anything involving kids, where kids are or around adults, uh, you can make sure that there's trainings and curriculum and teachings and, and that people are doing whatever they can in those positions of responsibility uh, to protect kids. 
And Kevin, one of the things that uh, I think we want to start with, guys, is you go to the advocate uh, part of Kevin's website, right? If you go to the the uh, U.S. Well, let me read it right. Yeah, uh, U.S. Institute against dot org. Yeah. Go to the advocate series. Watch the five episodes. They're fifteen yes. to twenty minutes. It's out there. You know, Francis did probably the best job. I've, I mean, he does a good job at everything he does, but he basically teaches not only about trafficking, but it's people are made in the image of God and why this is important and why we're to serve and, and love on others, why we're to help others. It really basically kind of motivates you to understand our purpose. Maybe it's not a specific purpose, but a purpose as far as protecting others and, and loving on others and helping others and serving others, things that that make a difference. You know, as, as Jesus said, you know, we die to ourselves and and, and he, we must decrease and he increases. So we do things to help others. And I think it, and then the Advocate Series, it talks about what people of faith can do, what churches and synagogues and, and, and people can do and why they should do it. And it clearly, you know, there's some survivors on there that speak about, you know, if somebody would have just noticed. So it's very well done and it's very informative and it will... Uh, really educate you. It's the Advocate Series, and it's free online. What are some of the successes, Kevin? Let's have some encouraging here. Some uh, successes you've had in the fight against human Mm. trafficking thus far. Well, I think there's there's quite a few. You know, God's really good about encouraging. I mean, He's faithful, and He's reliable, and and He uh, helps you not only individually, but collectively. I think you know, some of the, the laws we we helped uh, educate uh, lawmakers on to protect kids not federally at the federal level, what more we can do. We shut down uh, platforms that uh, that advertise and, and sell, you know, people for sex. So uh, those are a few things. And individuals, we, you know, we, we helped 34 kids, uh, boys in four years. What people don't understand is, up to 33% of all American boys and girls that are, that are trafficked for sex, sex, so for sex, are little boys. So we opened a boys' home in the state Unbelievable. of Florida. Yeah. Jeez. And so it's just, there's just, you know, there's just so much to, to understand about it. But if you, if you care about kids, and I think we all should, there's opportunity. We, we've trained law enforcement. We've trained teachers. We've trained first responders. We've trained bus you know, bus drivers. We've worked with the, you know, the people at airports and and for the airlines. I mean, we're we're doing what we can, but it's it takes all of us. It's you know, it's collaboration. So we work together. So I think a large part of our success, Arif, is not only what have my organizations done, but we've been able to help other organizations do rescues uh, of of kids that have been kidnapped, and and we've helped people go to various places of, that provide restoration for boys and girls, primarily girls. But there's a lot of people out there in the fight, and they just they don't have the, the resources uh, oftentimes to do all that they'd like to do, and, and they need the encouragement. And oftentimes the, the government now in various states is very challenging. It's hard to, to do what you need, need to do because the government just seems to be opposed to doing the right thing oftentimes, which is sad to say, but, but there is a lot of, a lot of great things happening. It's just the problem's growing and, and not enough, you know, people are involved in the fight. That's why your listeners and, and people 
if they could get involved, they would make a difference. I mean, just if you protect one kid, you know, you've, you've changed that life. If you've educated one set of parents that what to look out for, they might be able to protect their kids from getting caught up into this in sex extortion or, or any kind of crazy stuff that's going on. Our world is, is messed up right now. And, you know, Thankfully, we got some, some great people out there, and, 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 and I think uh, there's opportunities for us to help others, and, and I'm grateful that God's called me to do this. But I need a lot of prayer, Eric, and, and the support is, yep. it, wanes, it wanes sometimes. People, you know, they just they say, well, you know, maybe these kids are throwaway kids. That's, that's such a, a, a wow. fallacy, such wow. a lie. Yeah. Cause you, Folks, uh, I want to— let me let me tell you guys. I want to I want to bring up who we're talking to. This is Kevin Malone, seventeen years in Major League Baseball, former GM of the Dodgers, uh, led a World Series, World Championship, many championships, in fact, over the years. Uh, changed his life in the sense that it went from baseball and all the things that go with that, and the people you meet, and the famous and and uh, you know important folks in in the world of sports. Decided to fight child sex trafficking. Wrote a book, Scouting the Enemy. I encourage you to to order it, Scouting the Enemy. What it's about is child sex trafficking, how to prevent it, how to get involved. Kevin Malone, uh, one of the things that matters a lot to us here in Los Angeles is the idea that the Olympics are coming and how do we not have too much of an impact on our life. But sporting events in general lead to a lot of... uh, well, look, when I was in law enforcement and we would see, the, ready for this, guys, the, the Democratic National Convention, when that was here in Los Angeles, I can't remember the year, 93 or 94, whatever it was, uh, prostitution, sex trafficking went through the roof. Uh, I mean, oh my gosh, was it off the charts. Uh, doesn't mean just because they were Democrats. Uh, probably the Republicans would do the same thing. They're fallen men and women yeah. in some cases. But what you're getting is a group of people now driving towards Los Angeles in the coming years for the Olympics. What has been the purpose of your organization of being some of these sporting events like uh, Super Bowl well, games and two, All-Star two, games? Two years ago, two years ago, I was blessed to be asked by the NFL and the L.A. Sports Entertainment Mission to run all the human trafficking efforts for the Super Bowl. So we started about six months before we put together you know, a, a group of five um, – organizations and then we increased that to about 20 organizations that were local were in LA so that you know South Central LA all over LA County uh, and what we could do in getting ready to basically educate businesses educate hotels educate people that were yes. going to see things and be involved because when you have have thousands and thousands of men that come in for events you're going to have traffickers and pimps that bring women and, and kids in to be sold. So whenever there's a large gathering of men, that's why I moved to Vegas almost six years ago was because all these events that men come to Vegas and they have, you know, extra money and they're, they, they do things and they think it stays in Vegas because of the saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But these right. sporting yeah. events or conventions or business meetings or concerts, whenever there's large groups of men, gathering for any kind of event there's this there's an uptick there's an increase in in trafficking and men paying uh to have sex with uh with people especially kids it's just it's just that's what's happening it's just uh, it's unbelievable to most of our minds 
most of our listeners, I would hope, are decent human beings. We're going to have some that, that have strayed and come back. I mean, all of us have made mistakes of some sort. But I, I think to the normal, everyday mind, this is very difficult to actually get your head around mm-hmm. and to think that this is happening to young boys and girls. We need to protect our children. We need to be informed. I like that the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking, uh, it's the initials, uh, .org, go to the website, see what you can do, kidsnotforsale.org. That's another great website and uh, for or information and resources. I want you to do a couple of things, folks. Number one, I want you to get trained by Francis Chan on The Advocate. It'll teach you what to look for, how to stand up, for if anything, how to be a bit more aware when you go to the store, grocery store, malls sporting events. What is the message, Kevin, that we want to convey through your book, Scouting the Enemy? What, what is the big message that Scouting the Enemy, you wrote and, and said, I'm going to lay this out on the line. I'm going to go head to head because look, I, I can tell you before I go too far with this, we have a lot of clients in Hollywood. We've been blessed to have a, an amazing uh, practice here in Southern California and, and have done quite well. But with that, comes a lot of people in the industry of all sorts, producers, uh, uh, HR, PR, people that handle bookkeeping and on and on, all the way through celebrities and stuntmen and women. And to a person, right, most of them look normal, act normal. But every once in a while, you see one of them on TV doing something stupid and you go, how did that person who was in my office just not too long ago end up doing something pretty dumb mm-hmm. and in some cases uh, evil and immoral. This is a pretty big problem. How can we make a difference when it seems like it's everywhere? Well, I think it's spiritual warfare. So the first thing I would say is pray. Uh, and a lot of people maybe don't have a relationship with God. That's one of the things that I think makes me a little bit different. And Arif is, in this fight against predators and, and pedophiles and, and the buyers of sex and these rapists is there is a second chance. There is an opportunity to get your life right and to stop doing this, to be transformed. And that comes through a relationship with God, in my opinion, a relationship with Jesus Christ. So there are people that can change their lives. So uh, we're all guilty sometimes of making horrible decisions. And hopefully, you know, we, we can stop from that. But but there are people you can find uh, help. There is help out there if you're addicted to sex, if you're addicted to any kind of addiction that is hurting you or your family, uh, you can change. And I think that change comes from knowing God, from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And and it, it allows you to think beyond yourself. I think you, instead of always looking out what's best for me and what can I do and how do I satisfy myself and it's all about me, me, me. No, when you realize that life's way bigger than you and that you can help others and you can make a difference in people's lives and you and really be a difference maker, it, it, it changes your life and your perspective and it brings joy and it brings satisfaction. It brings meaning. And I just think that, you know, I get angry, uh, uh, Arif, and I'm, I get upset with the men that are doing all these horrendous, evil things. But the first thing I would want them to know is that you can be transformed, you know, through a relationship with God, through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's that's the message, I think. And then what can people do? Oh, well, there's organizations that fight in different ways this evil. There's people that have safe homes that have 
that bring restoration. There's people that do rescues. That's one of the things that I'm encouraged most about, and you asked me about success, is I've helped raise a bunch of money, not just for what I do, because I'm just one man with a group of, with two organizations fighting this, but I've tried to help 15, 20 different other organizations raise money for them, give them some kind of help, either advice or, or point them in the right direction. So it's all about collaboration. And, and there's people out there with a lot of money that if you're looking for some cause to really fight, this would be a really good cause is to fight uh, to protect our kids from being trafficked, be, being sold as sex slaves. And there's a bunch of good organizations. And, uh, you know, what I've tried to do, again, is raise money and do what I do, but also I give away way more than I spend or pretty pretty much equal to that. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you asking that. And, and if anybody is really that you know that really wants to make a difference and, and if they want to contact you or they can go on my website and contact me or, or reach out, I'll help them, point them, make sure that they get the information they need to get involved in this fight because we need people that are really – interested in protecting kids and making a difference and in, in, in helping others. And there's a lot of opportunities and I'd love to, to help them, help them find those, those opportunities that would bring meaning and purpose to their life. Hey folks, Kevin Malone, general manager of the Dodgers, former general manager of the Dodgers, 17 years, 17 years in major league baseball, retired, worked in various causes, had other things. You can of course look at his bio, but what did he do with his life? Well, he moved to Vegas and started this thing called Kids Not for Sale and the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Isn't that interesting? A man who stands up for what he believes in and is basically being used by God against evil. And listen, it means that evil comes your way, right? The attack from the enemy doesn't end just because you say, I'm going to do what's right or, or because you're praying. You need people praying for you. If you guys can't get involved for whatever reason, if you'd search your heart and you can't, you can at least pray. You can pray for Kevin Malone, pray for his organizations, Kids Not for Sale, and the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. Kevin, one of the things you did years ago, you're welcome, buddy. You did something for me years ago. We we met and you took me down to the Dream Center. Uh, The Dream Center, folks, for those of you who know, is right off the 101 freeway. I encourage you to do some research on it. Uh, look, nothing is a perfect organization. It's not until you get to heaven where you're going to find a perfect organization. But I want you to know the difference that I've seen them make, the Dream Center, in people's lives. It's pretty incredible. And you're the one that introduced us to that and, and our subsequent involvement. You don't even know we, some of the things we've done and for them and, or, or given over the years. It's a big deal. It's made a difference in people's lives. And you've made a difference in the lives of a lot of uh, former criminals, people that would no, normally not have a home in uh, in most people's lives because whatever, they're afraid, they don't understand, and yet you've stood up for that. And the victims, the most vulnerable, making a difference in your retirement years, both putting your money where your mouth is, and uh, your wife, who's a who's a saint, by the way, I think, <laughs> I think God yeah, gave she, you. She's 40, 41 years she's been up with me, that's pretty yes. amazing. It is <laughs> a saint of a woman, and I know, and I know both your kids, uh, amazing young people, and a new grandfather as well. That's exciting. Uh, so you have well, a, a beautiful one family. One of the things that I think is about this book, and uh, you know, I've never written a book, and I, I'm not, a, you know, a great author. Was I was just vulnerable and open as to 
the challenges and the pains and the issues, the failures I've had and how you can respond to failure and how you can get back up and why it's important to fight and why it's important to have family and why it's important to help others. And, you know, baseball, there's a lot of great baseball stories in the book and a lot of personal stories about stuff I went through and or family members went through. And it, I just think people will relate to the pain sometimes in life and the challenges and the, the hurts and the aches and, and there's, you know, ways to, to overcome that. And it's, and there's ways to, to have victory over and success over those types of failures. And I think it's just a book of encouragement. I use Moses a lot. So I sent the book to Dennis Prager. He he said he's going to read it. We'll see. Hopefully he will. We've been friends for a long time. I know you and him are friends as well, Eric. But uh, so I just think it's, it's, it's out there. And it's not just for – I think it's for everybody because I think God will use it and touch people's hearts wherever you're at. If you need encouragement, yeah. if you need hope – that's what this book's all about, encouragement, hope, how to get in the fight, why it's important to fight. And there's some laughs in it, too. There's some funny things in it, and it's not all serious, and it talks about trafficking. And, and it's just, uh, I think it's a, it's a enjoyable read and a challenging read, and I appreciate you letting me talk about the book. Well, thanks for coming on, folks. It's Kevin Malone, Scouting the Enemy. It's a new book. I encourage you to, to buy it. Make sure the New York Times and the L.A. Times and everybody else, Amazon, I want it to hit big so that people know what we stand for and what we stand against. Eric, because I think it's a place for you to spend time. Trafficking too. Yeah, that's uh, important, every, folks. Every, everything goes to, the, to fighting child sex trafficking. I love it. And you're supporting child sex trafficking enforcement, going against these bad guys. I think it's a big deal on the awareness that goes with it. Thanks for being part of the show. Eric. Kevin Malone. Thank you, I'm Eric Hallaby. This is. Thank you, my friend. Work. This is Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. See you next week. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.